All right, welcome back everybody. This is Barry and Eric again from Moss Pawn and Gun. We're doing a, another gun gripe for you today. Of course, you guys have uh, definitely sent us a ton of comments about uh, how much you like the gripes and everything. We appreciate the support. But without any further ado, we're probably going to discuss what is probably the most significant gun gripe we've discussed yet. Well, I call it the holy grail of gun gripes. This is the crown jewel of gun the gripes. The crown jewel of gun gripes was the Clinton gun ban. It lasted from 1994 to 2004. It changed the whole gun industry, and the industry did not fight it. They rolled over and they took it. They had to change magazines. They had to re-engineer uh, re everything to take 10 shots. If this happened to any other industry in the country, there would have been a lawsuit, and there would have probably been uh, labor strikes and everything else, but it was the gun industry. And the Clintons rammed this down our throats, for 10 years and it sunsetted uh, in September of 2004. So, well, we're going to elaborate on a few things. Uh, the 1994 assault weapons ban that the Clinton administration signed into law was actually not really a law, it was an executive order. Right. And it's what we like to call an executive order that was swept in under, under the rug, literally. It was uh, signed into law or basically uh, put into law by President Clinton. Um, actually on Christmas Eve. Um, it was basically swept literally under the rug on Christmas Eve. Yep. So it was uh, what we now nowadays we consider backdoor legislation and it's the kind of shady uh, principles and shady dealings that we've uh, come to expect out of uh, these types of administrations and uh, what it comes down to it basically what they said is uh, rifles that had military-like features had to have certain limitations put on them in terms of those features um, they did a lot of things to them. One thing was to uh, basically remove the bayonet lug. They had to remove the military style flash hiders and go with uh, like this big pin, ugly pinned on thing. Yeah, pinned on right. deal they had to use. Uh, one of the things they changed on the ARs was they made it to where they had to have this like special block in them where that made them a hell of a lot harder to convert to full automatic. And uh, a lot of other features like that. Of course, the biggest one is the limit of a 10-round magazine um, basically made the, the manufacturer of any magazine that holds more than 10 rounds completely legal and companies like Calico were basically put out of business overnight because as you know a Calico fires from 50 and 100 round helical drum style magazines you cannot make that gun take a 10-round magazine so Calico was pretty much put out of business overnight right. as a result of the ban um, Basically, they've proven through lots of research and uh, lots of you know facts building from over the years, they've determined that the assault weapons ban did not help crime or lower crime at all. It, it was completely you know, detriment to the gun industry, put many companies under, uh, basically just made it harder for you to exercise your rights during that time frame. And they found that it definitely um, did not help lower crime at all. Barry's going to show you an example on the AK here. Here's an example of a, this is a Romanian Wasser 10. During the Clinton administration, it got its name from the fact that it would only hold 10 rounds in a little skinny single stack magazine. Well, after the crime bill ended, they, they could go in here with a mill and mill this out. So it would take a regular AK mag. Now, this gun is not a very old century arms gun, but the muzzle brake is threaded on the muzzle, but the muzzle is welded. 
If you want to take this off, you have to go in here with a Ziz wheel or something on a, on a Dremel tool and cut that weld. And it's perfectly legal to take it on and off. But they welded them. These were probably left over. Now, during the crime bill, you could have a threaded muzzle. But if you had a bird cage or something on here, it had to be drilled with a blind pin and pinned in where you couldn't take it off. You'd, you'd destroy the barrel if you tried to take it off. Right. But you could, uh, most of the crime bill guns were just smooth. They had no threads. But the features of the gun is what they banned. They didn't ban the gun itself. You couldn't have this anymore. It had to be pinned open. You could buy this kind of stock, but it had to be permanently open. That's right. I forgot about that. No bayonet lug, no threaded muzzle. You can't even put a bayonet on here anyway. This is a car length barrel and the bayonet won't even go on here. They use this for commonality of parts. That's right. But during the crime bill, this was ground off. And the gun is just as deadly. But from 1994 to 2004, a gun dealer could not sell an AR with a mag bigger than that. Ten shots. That's right. Now, if you already had 30-shot mags, they were grandfathered. So they didn't ban them. What happened, uh, this magazine that cost $15, if the crime bill is signed again, this magazine will bring about 75 bucks. That's right. High-cap mags were still made for law enforcement, but it gave the date that the crime bill was signed, and it said, used by government and military personnel only. But I never knew of one case in 10 years where a civilian caught with one of those magazines was ever punished in any kind of way. They pass these laws for the law abiding because we're going to obey the law. If I choose to break the law and have one of those in my gun, they wouldn't do anything to you. They don't have the manpower. They don't have the. They don't have. Right. Any, they can't do anything about it. Well, you know, I hate to say this, and but it's true. But Bill Ruger was one of the ones. Ruger Senior was one of the ones that somehow he got that magic number in his mind that ten rounds mm -hmm. was the maximum that a civilian needed to have, and he was a big, uh, you know, supporter of the ten round magazine mm -hmm. uh, arrangement. I've just never been able to understand that concept. I mean, a 10-round gun, a 10-round repeater. Look at the way it was way back in the day when we used to fight wars originally. You had a front stuffer or a muzzle loader that fired one shot at a time. But yet, that was the apex of military technology. Right. Some men had repeating uh, cap and ball revolvers, but those were few and far between compared to what most of your average people were given at the time. So the thing that gets me is, I mean, if you took a 10-shot Glock 9mm and dropped it on the battlefield of the Civil War, went in a time machine, took it back. That would be the most awesome gun they'd ever seen, and they could win. But the thing is, I mean, who just came up with that magic number, 10 shots, is the limit that you should have? I mean, does that make me any less deadly because I have a 10-shot magazine? No. I, I can kill someone just as easy with 10 rounds as I can with 30. Now, the argument there is that, oh, well, 30 rounds, you can kill more people without having to reload, or you can shoot faster. Well, that may be the case, but again, you know, that kind of comes down to the whole thought police thing. Just because someone can doesn't mean they will, and you can't punish the people that are law-abiding folks that just want to have fun with a high-cap mag just over a few idiots that might do something bad. I mean, if that were the case, we'd never leave our house. You know, if that were the case, why would I get out and drive if I were worried about, yeah, there's a likelihood that someone might wreck into my car, but does that going to keep me from driving to work every day? No. Is it, does it mean that one tire is deadlier than another tire because both of them roll, but one has the potential to roll the car into a building? No. Well, speaking, I've just never been able to understand it. You speaking know? of driving, now they limited you for 10 years to a 10-shot mag if you bought it from a dealer. Can you imagine if the automobile industry put a governor on automobiles? I think the maximum speed limit in this country is 70. You're going to buy a car that won't go over 70? It would be a revolution overnight in this country. 
That's right. They tried to impose that on somebody's automobile, but because it was the gun industry, they let they let them get away with it. That's they rolled right. over and they took it. That's right. And another good example is uh, let's just say with cell phones. You know, there's all these campaigns online and all these campaigns on TV. You see these commercials about people texting and driving, people getting hurt with cell phones right. when they're driving. If they passed some law that said that you have to have a device on your car that disables your cell phone when you get in it, people would go apeshit they would. overnight. They would go apeshit overnight. They, they, because that's something you don't mess with if someone's internet and their cell phone use. Right. You, you take car. that away and there'd be a riot overnight. 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 You regulate the internet and there'd be a riot overnight. People well, can't go without their Facebook updates and their right. Going back to Bill Ruger, I bought my, Mer uh, I bought my first Mini 14 in 1972. And you could only get a five-round Ruger magazine. Nobody, the Ruger would not release magazines over five rounds to them. So I got rid of the thing. You could buy these aftermarket things that didn't work. Then, after Bill Ruger died, they started releasing 20 and 30-shot magazines because he's the one that started all this magazine limitation bullshit. Ruger makes guns for responsible citizens, but yet you're not responsible enough to have over a five-round magazine. And even during the Clinton crime bill, the Ruger Mini 30 that was very popular years ago, they never made. They could have made a ten-round mag for that and sold the heck out of them. They didn't. They, they didn't, didn't want to. They didn't want to. And you know, we're kind of getting on to that particular tangent, and that's going to be another gun gripe. I'm not going to really divulge the details of it because it's supposed to be kind of a surprise, but. We will be discussing uh, some of those things when it comes to the government and high-cap mags. That's another gun gripe. For now, we're still talking about the uh, Clinton ban. Mm -hmm. And basically, it was just a humongous waste of tax dollars. It was a humongous waste of manpower. It cost us all this money. And uh, later, it was found that it was basically just completely useless. useless. Totally useless. Did not stop crime in any way. And uh, really, it's just, in my opinion, a stain on you know, the American, the recent history of America as a general and these United States. It's a stain on our history of a failed attempt at disarming us. And that's what it was. It was an attempt mm -hmm. to disarm you. But it was just, it was more of a baby step. But it was almost like, you know, the little baby sticking his toe in the water to see if he can jump in. I mean, they were just kind of trying it on to it see how it would work. And the fact that it, that it went through tells them, well, well, we can, next time we do it, we can make it a little worse. And we can make it a little worse. I mean, they're not trying to take your guns overnight. They man, you know, it comes down to they're looking to slowly but surely. It may take them 30, 40 years. It may take them 100 years. But their ultimate goal is complete disarmament of the average American citizen. And don't think for one second that's not what they want. Yeah. You know, this election has never been more important uh, than you know, it's the most important presidential election. And we've been getting the question a lot from people. Well, who do we endorse? And we're finally going to discuss that a little bit. You know, we talk about how we don't want to vote for Obama, but there's a lot of reasons behind that. You have to look at the big picture. And uh, me and Barry were talking about it earlier. Barry, why don't you elaborate on your thought behind that? Well, my thought is when I first started voting, I voted for the man I like the most. Now I vote for the man I hate the least. And I hate Mitt Romney the least. And I'm going to vote for Mitt Romney. Even though he's a flip-flopper and he's a known anti-gunner. I'm telling you right now, if even if, if he gets elected, which is slim and none chance of that, you're going to go back to the old, you're going to go back to this because that's that's the least that he can do, and he's going to have pressure put on him like no president in the world. He's inheriting an economy that's worse that this country has ever been. I would hate to be in his shoes, 
he's going to inherit that. But I really don't think that uh, Mitt Romney is going to be the next president. I think that we're going to have four more years of uh, Barack Obama, and I think by 2014 this country will be totally bankrupt. Well, allow me to play devil's advocate for a moment, Barry. Now, as much as there's a lot of things about Obama's principles and his uh, presidency that I'm not a big fan of, however, you cannot irrefute the basic evidence that's laid on the table. Barack Obama has not signed into law one single no, anti-gun law. He has not. He's actually signed pro-gun laws right, into, into, into law. So that right there, I mean, yeah, sure he hasn't signed any anti-gun laws. Doesn't mean he won't, no. Doesn't mean he won't flip-flop like Romney has a history of doing, no. I'll and, put it uh, to you this way, folks. If, if, for, if for the last four years the economy of this country improved and we were on the road back to recovery, I'd vote for Obama. But I, I don't think that I don't think that he is qualified at this point to, to handle the problem that is that has grown so rapidly. Oh yeah, uh, and it's not his fault. He inherited a problem too. Well, he did inherit and, a problem, and I and I hand that to him. I mean, he's tried, done the best he can, I'm sure. But however, uh, you know, I'm not a real big fan of the idea of socialized medicine either. No, you know, and don't get but me started on this. I know it's politics, but at the same time, when you're talking about politics, you're always going to hurt someone's feelings because. There's different points of view out there. We try our best to stay away from politics right. because this is about guns. But unfortunately, guns and gun rights and politics go hand in hand. And when you're looking at just the giant scheme of things, uh, it's a really scary situation to think socialized medicine could be a reality. Uh -huh. And um, when you look at just all the dependent people on the system, I mean, that's something that's a whole other subject in its own is to talk about all the people that are accepting welfare that don't need it, they're taking advantage of the system, all the food stamps, the WIC, all the free government housing, the welfare, and then also, you know, they get a job at McDonald's and work for three months and make $10,000, and then when tax season comes around, they get another 4000 from a, you know, tax return. And it's like they just work the bare minimum they need to get some tax money back, and then that's coming out of my paycheck. It's just, it. what we're seeing in the current scheme of things is that more and more, things are just becoming a giant conflict of interest. And it's in the government, it's in daily life with people, and I think that there's a lot of animosity developing between the middle class mm -hmm. and people that don't have money and people that are riding the system. Between the, the rapidly disappearing middle class. That's Let's right. add that too. It's rapidly deteriorating. Ten years from now, there won't be a middle class in America. It'll be, you'll either be on the bare minimum, getting by, whatever you can do, or you'll have a little money. Now, that, there's not going to be any middle class anymore. Yeah, it's going to be top and bottom. I mean, the, the administration that we have in place at the current time, you know, I think one of the things that their goals is, is to have a slave class and a ruling class. That's all they want. Because socialism, you know, I know that's a term that's thrown around a lot. Socialism in a controlled and respectful manner is probably not a bad idea in some cases, in some aspects of people's lives. But, you know, just complete rule over a person, communism, totalitarianism, for those ideals and those ideas to succeed and do well, it has to be from a standpoint where the middle class is completely gone. Completely gone. you got to have the wants and the have-nots and the haves, and, and that's it. Right. And that's all they want. Well, getting back to President Obama, uh, as far as the man goes, he's a real likable guy. Uh, I mean, he's, he seems like a, and he, and he seems all his efforts are very sincere. And I think Michelle's 
efforts are sincere too. I mean, his wife. Right, it right. seems like she, you know, really supports a lot of, you know, right. good programs, and she works with the kids. I mean, that's great. And yeah. to talk about Republicans now, uh, I was telling Eric a while ago that uh, when the crime bill was about to sunset in 2004, George Bush said he would sign it into law. He said, if it makes it to my desk, I will sign it into law. The NRA stopped him. Now he, he everybody said he's a turncoat. He's a turncoat. He said he wouldn't pass any new gun legislation. It wasn't new gun legislation. It was old gun legislation. That's right. And if it had made it to his desk, he'd have signed it. That's we'd right. still be living with this today. That's right. Well, so, we'll close yeah. in saying that basically what it comes down to is you have to really pay close attention to what the politicians are doing at all times. If it smells like a fish, it's probably a fish. Right. And, you know, the whole deal with the assault weapons ban getting swept under the rug at the last minute, that's something that probably could have been avoided. Now, yeah, it was a, you know, presidential, uh, you know, order, executive order, but still, if it would have got enough opposition where it wasn't a popular idea, then there's a pretty strong chance that they could have swayed. Right. Well, let me add this in closing. When the crime bill was signed before, in 1994, we had about four months' notice that it was coming. So everybody went out and bought this kind of thing so they could have it because it's grandfathered. Stock up on this kind of stuff now because if it doesn't come back in a year, it's coming back. You That's can right. bet on it. No matter who's president, it's coming back. You better believe it. And so, uh, behind us, we got reloading components. So right. I'm telling you, reloading components, at some point, I guarantee anytime there's an election, especially anytime there's talks about gun bans and magazine restrictions and all that, we, we completely sell out of primers, powder, right. So get all the stuff while you there can. Was, I mean, in fact, there was a there was a period of about six months a year ago we couldn't get any primers. That's right. Now a primer is the key to any cartridge. Uh, you can reload your brass over and over. You can probably cast your own bullets and make your own powder, whatever you need to do. But if you don't have that primer, you got nothing. That's right. It's like a coil wire on a car. A car is not going to run if you pull that coil wire off of it. That's right. And we were forewarned with Bill Clinton's crime ban, and you're forewarned now. Yeah. That's so, right. And, you know, we're not trying to fear monger or anything we're not like fear that. Monger but, anybody. You know, just well, it's good practice, especially if you're into you know investing your money wisely. I think some good quality magazines is definitely a good investment. Like I said in the investment uh, for preppers video. So we'll leave you with that, and uh, we appreciate you watching. I know this was a lengthy gripe, and uh, there was a lot of you know personal views thrown in there. But hey, that's why you're here because you want our views, and so. Uh, we appreciate you guys watching. Um, we're definitely going to keep the gun gripes going. We have a lot of uh, random little things in the pipeline. Well, we're all Americans, and we have to stick together. But that's what the government is designed for, to separate us. They have every little group going off uh, right. on their own little agendas, and that, that's the way they control us. It's divide and conquer. Right. The, go we're, we're the people is not, are not the government anymore. That's right. Well, uh, just remember that a house divided can't stand. Right. House divided will fall, and that's just the way it's going to be. And those are my viewpoints on it, and you can take them for what they're worth. Uh, I know a lot of people respect my opinion, and that's my opinion. But I'm telling you, I lived through the first one. Go out and get some of these while you can. Yep. So that's going to be the gun gripe for this week, and of course we always welcome y'all to come back next week. And uh, y'all have a good evening, and may God bless you. God bless. And we do read all your comments, so, you know, submit your uh, request for gun gripe, and it may be heard. Okay.